Welcome to Nerdy 430, the podcast where we talk about nerdy-ish movies and TV shows for about 30-ish minutes. My name's Tim Cat. Kevin Bauer is not here because he hasn't been watching what is one of my favorite shows of all time, Survivor. And there's nothing nerdier than still being a fan of Survivor. <laughs> I love it. It's been on for a long time. I'm sure you're like, oh, I used to watch it. You should get back into it. I. It's great. It's still great. It's different, but I'm I'm a big fan of it. And uh, I brought on a special guest today, attorney, comedian, most importantly, a Survivor fan, Eddie Greenblatt. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm good. I'm good. So pumped to talk about Survivor. Oh, my God. How long have you been a fan of Survivor? How long have you been watching? Have you seen every app? I've so I've not seen every episode. Um, my first season was season two. I watched it with my mom and my sister. I would, yeah, had to have been about 10 years old. Uh, and then we watched a couple of seasons and then, you know, like went to college and then I don't know the last, I think right at the start of the pandemic, I started watching like old seasons because they're on Amazon or whatever. And now I think I've seen almost every season and I've just, I'll just like throw them on while I'm like doing whatever. Cause it's so good and so compelling. And yeah, I, I watch every Wednesday night. I make sure to make time for it. I this is one of the few things that I actually try to watch live. <laughs> I, I love it. I've got a few pods queued up the next day to like hear about it. I'm I'm obsessed. I feel like it was on a similar trajectory with you. I think I watched one. I really remember two where it was like Colby and the Outback and like yeah. it was I, I was like in Boy Scouts at the time and and was like super into the survival stuff. And look, they're eating all these things and they have to survive. And kind of over time, the survival aspect of the show has dropped off a lot and more turned into gameplay. Do you think that's do you miss the survivalness of it or are you just always been a gameplay person? I I'm more of a gameplay person for sure. Yeah, um, that's like also probably more my personality. If I were going to play this game, I would be terrible at the survivor part, but I think pretty good at the gameplay part. Yeah. The, I, I think they just downplay the survivor part of it though, because I think these people are starving. Like the way that they compete for food. Oh my. It just, I just don't think they show that part, but I think it's terrible. It's definitely not featured as heavily as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, for a couple reasons, I think we're going to get into like the length of the show that uh, coming up. But yeah, it just doesn't seem like the actual like how to struggling to make fire and struggling to build the shelter is as important. I mean, those aren't the things we're seeing as much of nowadays yeah. in the game. So if you haven't seen Survivor at all, that's perfect. This is a great introduction for you to check out. Uh, I, I wanted to just kind of explain survivor the premise a little bit kind of how it's evolved over time and then we're going to get into the latest season in the final ep so survivor this is the perfect reality show premise i think eddie is you are trapped with a group of strangers people you don't know previously unless it's like a reunion episode or something but it's a group of strangers forced to live together and as it goes you vote somebody out Every day or every other day, you vote somebody out. When you get to the final 10, all the people start or the final 11, I think the people you vote out go on the jury. And then at the very end of the show, when there's only three people left, the jury 
decides who wins. So you are competing against and eliminating the people who will then try to give you a million dollars. So you have to eliminate people in a way where they still want to vote for you and they still want you to win. But you're you're screwing them over and taking away their chance to win a million dollars. If that's not the most compelling reality show premise, I don't know what is, Eddie. I, I totally agree with you. It, <laughs> I love the how some jury members will take grudges to the jury and some jury members will be like, you know what? I got played and that's okay. And I, I respect the move. I, I tend to like those people more because I'm like, you know, it is it like it is a million dollars, but it's also a game and everyone has to play the game. And if you don't play the game, then you'll be on the jury. And I think everybody appreciates that. Yeah, I think now, especially it's gotten it definitely used to be a lot more bitter where people felt like betrayed in the earlier seasons. It was like cutthroat and and blood, you know, feuds were put and people were so mean. And I kind of miss that a little bit. It seems like everybody nowadays has seen so much Survivor that they all get it and nobody takes it too seriously. But at the same time, I kind of want like I'd love to see another just pissed off person on the jury. And I just don't think we've, we're going to be getting that necessarily in the future there was a early season it was like um you remember big tom did you see his season yes yes like uh you're talking about survivor all-stars yeah i think it was like yes um and uh, i think it was big tom and boston rob got into an uncomfortable conversation on the reunion show and i was like this is great (laughs) he like insulted his son or something like that and they were they were like best friends and then it was great Boston Rob, I, I think Boston Rob couldn't stand him, and he just took him all the way through the show because he knew he would roll with him. <laughs> I have to enjoy watching that. I mean, people just can't stand each other, but they're like, I have to, I have to work with this person. Love watching that. That is something that I've always thought was interesting is that people on the show now act like they're like best friends and we're like in love forever, and this is a incredible. And the show now is twenty six days. Yeah. So I don't know how great a friend could you become with somebody and in, in 26 days, maybe half of those you spent with them and the whole time you're competing against them. Yeah. It seems uh, kind of crazy and manipulative and it makes the show super fun. The uh, the only way that you survive uh, survivor, right, is to not get voted out or there's challenges you every other day, usually before. You go to the jury. There's a there's an immunity challenge and it's some physical activity. And the winner, uh, either the winning team or the winning individual gets immunity. And immunity is a big deal because it means you can't get voted out. And uh, the challenges. Are you a big challenge person? Because I personally uh, maybe my least favorite part of the show is the challenges. Yeah, I you know, what I think is really interesting is they just. You know, the show used to move and it used to go from, you know, there'd be Survivor Africa, Survivor Australia. Now it's just in Fiji and it's the same challenges every season. Yeah. And I think that's in, it's interesting because now we see these contestants admit to building these challenges and practicing them before they go out, which I think is super interesting. But it becomes repetitive after a while. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big challenge person, usually because one, like the beginning part of the show, one team is usually clearly physically dominant and they just keep winning. And then the end of the show, it's like these endurance or like puzzle uh, challenges where 
again, someone is clearly dominant. So I feel like we get a lot of repetition on these on these challenges. I think there was also I think survivors had some like issues with like gender and racial like discrimination kind of as it goes. And the challenges used to be very manly and like how much weight can you hold for whatever. And they and then it was just a bunch of guys winning immunity every time. And they've really, I think, done a good job of making the challenges more equitable. There's a lot more balancing. There's a lot. Honestly, the people who are like benefit the most are like the wiry, like track people. It seems like if you have good hand eye coordination and good balance and you can do a puzzle, you're going to go really far in this game now. And it's very funny to watch uh, all these like super jacked in shape dudes like Danny is like failing at a challenge to Franny, who is just. I don't know. doesn't look incredibly athletic. She's saying I'm not an athletic person. And there's like a jujitsu guy with like abs and 6% body fat. And he just like can't. And he, and he loses to, I don't know, some accountant or something. It's great. I, it's kind I, of fun. I, I do love that. Part. I, I love how it feels like every season there's like one person that comes out of nowhere. That's just like, I do not see them winning any challenges and here they are winning their fourth immunity. And it's now like, you know, something that they're, if they get to the jury, they're going to be able to, you know, say I won four immunity challenges and people seem to really respect that. Which I think I do, I do kind of find kind of interesting that they really respect the immunity wins or the reward wins. Um, so maybe that tells me that the, the players think it's really important. Um, which I, I just don't find it particularly compelling television because it's like, it'll be like seven minutes of them running this obstacle course and just looking gassed at the end. Yeah. And on top of that, they're not eating. So they're all so it's yeah. not like peak physical performance. These yeah. are people who've been starving and yeah. uh, are dehydrated and they're just failing to do something, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the challenges have definitely gotten shorter, too. I mean, you're right with the move to Fiji, uh, which we can we'll, we'll talk about some more is um, these challenges used to go on for like 10 hours, 12 hours, some of them. And they've just kind of over time figured out ways to tighten them up so that everything is harder now. So it seems like most challenges that they they still make it seem like it's just as grueling and arduous. But a lot of these challenges are over in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it seems like now, Uh, which is interesting. I don't know. It's not my my favorite. I feel like the last real bit of information the audience needs to know if you're going to start watching Survivor is in addition to immunity. Immunity is the thing you really want. You can win that by get that by winning a challenge and getting the immunity necklace or the immunity uh, totem or whatever it is when it's a group. And then there's also these hidden immunity idols, which became a thing early on and have gotten more and more prevalent. Initially, they you had to get clues. You found you would find a clue. You would win an advantage. You would do something and then you would have to do something in order to find the immunity idol. And then they got to the point where one season this guy just shows up. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. He just show, Russell Hands shows up and just starts finding immunity idols. He d- he's seen the show. He knows they're out there. So he just starts looking for them right away without any clues. And he starts finding them. And then all of a sudden, everybody shows up and they've kind of leaned into this thing where somewhere around camp, somewhere around a challenge, kind of anywhere you can find this hidden immunity idol, which you can carry with yourself. And after the votes are cast, you can play it and you're safe, negates the votes and you get to vote somebody out. And this kind of invents another level of like the blind side, basically, where people 
don't see a vote coming. Somebody play. They everybody votes for one person. That person plays an idol. They vote out the other person that uh, was like pioneering this whole thing. It sounds complicated. It can get complicated. And we've even have had instances where there are so many advantages and so many immunities that I believe like Suri just like went home one season because everyone else was immune. So it's kind of crazy. They go out of their their whack. There's the immunity advantage. And now there's other advantages like steal a vote. And maybe the craziest one, which is the knowledge is power advantage, which actually played a factor in this season, even though nobody had it, where it's an advantage where at tribal council, you can turn to somebody and ask them, hey, do you have an idol? And if they have an idol, they have to give it to you. So so that introduced a whole new level of gameplay. What do you think of all these advantages? They're very complicated. They've definitely had an impact on the game. Are you pro advantages, anti advantages? What do you think? I'm a big pro advantage. I think it's made the game way more compelling. It brings yeah. it to a different level on the gameplay. Um, I, I love the, the hidden immunity idols are one thing. I tend to like the, the ones that are not immunity idols, but are advantages like the knowledge is power, the steal a vote or the extra vote. All of those I think are great because they usually involve some sort of risk on the, the player's part. Um, you know, like this season you can, you essentially got to, pull uh i don't remember how they did it but you 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 pulled something out and you open it up and it's either you lose your vote for the next tribal council or you get an extra vote and just like the the gambler in me of like yeah let's we gotta risk it if we're gonna win i I love when when players make those big risks and i also do love when people realize they don't need to make those risks or when those risks are too much I, and I think some people, and it might come down to the fact that they have probably had no food in days, make poor decisions because they're just not clear headed. Yeah. I love it. What do you think? I'm, I'm a big fan. I think the show thrives whenever players are forced to make choices. And when confronted with these immunity idols and advantages and things, there's now more choice that they have to play. One thing that I, don't love I my I really like it when they can keep the advantages a secret. And there's even another level to the advantages where people get them and then do they try and do they tell people about it? Do they try and con- sway people to their team by letting them know, hey, I have an advantage. You kind of want to be on my team so that you don't get this advantage used against you. Or is it the kind of thing that you need to hold on to, not tell anybody and just like float it under the radar? I feel like I would. It'd be so hard to not tell anybody, but that seems like it's 100 percent the move, right? You can't tell anyone you have an advantage. Yeah, I think I actually think, you know, players this season did a really good job of hiding those advantages. Heidi and Carolyn both pulled idols out of nowhere at immunity um, or at uh, tribal councils and no one knew they had them. And especially Carolyn, such an erratic player, emotional, crazy, love her. Um, I thought that was super impressive. And I think it probably helped their gameplay, too. I think if people found out Carolyn had an idol that was coming out weeks before it did, because I think she found it on like the second day. Right. Yeah, Uh, I think so. She didn't use it until I think like day 23 or 24, like right at the end. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if this was like the smartest gameplay season, but it was definitely fun because there's been a pattern of people getting these hidden immunity idols and just holding on to them as long as they can. 
And this season we had multiple people play them for other people in their alliance to save people. I think Carolyn played it on somebody and they didn't even get enough votes to you. There were a lot of useless idol plays this season, which was kind of fun and sloppy. And I, I thought it made things a little more interesting. I do love, I was screaming at my television when Heidi played her idol. It was toward the end and she clearly <laughs> didn't need to play it. And yeah. I was, what are you doing? Uh, yes. I, I love when people play the idols and then they don't need them. I think Brandon went home because someone played an idol and he only had like two votes on him, but there were no other votes spread. Yeah, I think so. I think I that's do, right. I do hate when it, ha- when it happens to those players and they're like, ah, I was good. And then they're at home. They catch a stray and have to go home. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned alliances. I want to, I kind of bro. I tried to break down survivor seasons into uh, eras. I know they definitely talk about old school, new school. When the game started, it felt like you could just go out there find four other people that you got along with shake hands and say, we're sticking to the end. And that was enough to win the very first season. And for the first like 10 or so seasons, I think even through survivor all-stars, which we talked about being so controversial and why big Tom was so mad at Boston Rob is because they were in an alliance. There's an alliance of five. And within that alliance of five, there's an alliance of four, three, two, however many it takes to get to the end. And That was all that happened. It felt very straightforward strategy wise. It was more about Survivor and the challenges and surviving out there and people getting along and and people hating each other and feuds and stuff. And the alliance was solid and a little predictable, um, but there was more going on in the rest of the game. And then like 10 episodes in, I think after uh, All Stars, they start to realize that, hey, if I'm in an alliance of five, One of us is on the bottom, so we need to make a move to join another alliance with five, get five together so we can vote out the group that I was on the bottom of. And so then it became like flipping on alliances. And then that went on for a while. And it felt like that's kind of the embodiment of old school is alliances and then playing alliances against each other. And then at the right time, flipping on an alliance. And if you do it at the right time in the right way and you don't piss too many people off, you can win the game. That whole chunk is kind of like considered old school survivor. And then we get into new school survivor, which is voting blocks where there aren't like strict alliances. Kind of everybody is up for grabs. Everyone has built a relationship with everybody else and they come together kind of not randomly, but they just come up with different formations and different voting groups every tribal, which seems very chaotic and stressful, but it is I think way more interesting strategically. It makes the gameplay very fun. And I think that's kind of the model going forward. Then we have winners at war season 40 and that season, which I was a big fan of gets cut short by COVID. They bring the show back kind of in the middle of COVID and they do this thing where they cut some time off. So the whole show was normally 39 days of them surviving out there. They cut it to 26 so that they could have a week of everybody quarantining or however long it took for everybody to quarantine around COVID. And uh, obviously this was a budgetary success. So they they this is what it is now. Now we're getting 26 days and they're trying to starve people. They're trying to make it harder. Uh, but this is like the new thing of Survivor went from 39 days to 26 days. It feels very different. The players playing say it's very hard. All the people who played with 39 days are saying they got it easy. What do you think about the 26 day seasons 
are you a fan of the shorter seasons or is it just, you know, something we've got to live with? Yeah. I feel like as a viewer, I feel like you don't feel it too much. I'm sure you feel it more as a gameplay because they, they just speed everything up. There's just, I feel like there used to be like three days between challenges and you would have more time to just like be on the Island, which I think is why the survivor part of it was more played up. Um, and now it's just zero to 60 challenges every other day, or sometimes back to back, it feels like, and they're just moving. Ah, I kind of like it. I think the, the smarter players tend to thrive a little bit more in the new uh, setup because you don't have the time to think you don't have the time, like that whole building a relationship with someone, especially if you build a relationship with someone that you weren't on an original tribe with. I feel like that you have like maybe 10 days to do that. Now I'll also say, you know, you're going through something and whenever you're going through something, I feel like people bond over that. It's like that shared experience. But I, I think the, I think the 26 day thing is, better for players like this season, like Carson, like mm. he's not made to last 39 days, but he can make 26 days. And he probably was the best player of this season. In my opinion, um, yeah. I was very sad when he left. I know I'm getting ahead of, we're, we're jumping into this season, but I feel like he, he dominated this game and I was really impressed with him. Um, and I think if it was a 39 day season, I don't think he would have been able to do that. What do you think? I I agree. Let's get into it. Let's get into this season, this final tribal council. So at the end, we are left with uh, Jam Jam, uh, Carson, Carolyn, Lauren and Heidi. Right. And kind of a fun thing about this season. We ta- I talked about the alliances and the voting blocks. There's kind of been an alliance the whole time of three Jam Jam, Carolyn and Carson with Carson. It feels like is driving, driving the show. Jam Jam and Carolyn are like two of the the most probably the most fun characters we've had in a while. They're weird. Carolyn seemed kind of controversial, though. Are you a Carolyn fan or were you kind of burned out on her? I absolutely halfway through the season totally changed my opinion on her. The first yes. part of this, this season, I was like, I cannot stand this woman. She has to go. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed every every challenge. She would have a moment where she was just like primally screaming as she was like two steps behind everyone else. And then she just grew on me. And I just feel like I was so impressed with how she managed the game and how she used her life experience and her history to further herself in the game. And so by the end of it, I was really team Carolyn up until when she started to think about getting Carson out. And then I was, cause I was, I, I was a team Carson person all the way. Yeah. Carson seemed like the brains of it. He was the guy who, who made all the challenges at home. He 3d printed puzzles that have been on the show before and knew how to solve them instantly. I thought he was a, he made himself a challenge threat and he seemed to be the most intelligent and just kind of with it. Honestly, the story of these three kind of merging cause they had three tribes They all merge into one and the three of them somehow take out both of the other tribes in a way that I thought was satisfying. I love seeing it. 
it was it was uh, very reminiscent to me of like Cook Islands. It was like a Cook Island run where like this kind of the underdog group has been betrayed and they just slowly start taking out the competition uh, and such a weird cast of characters. And I think it's kind of fun that Carson gravitated towards those people, that that was the crew that he built around himself is that he felt more comfortable around these like kind of weirdos i think they would all say they're they're weirdos and i think carson is like a nerdy nasa he's gonna go work for nasa i think and yeah um super smart i thought they were a very fun group what do you think of heidi or um lauren or did you think of them at all i didn't really think of them at all all that much (laughs) uh, lauren was i um i love like i said i i am a gambler so normally at the start of a challenge i'll look at it and i'll I'll pick in my head. I'm like, all right, here's who I think is going to win. Here's the underdog. Here's my dark horse. And a lot of times I felt like I was, especially toward the end when you were a lot of the more physical players were out. um, I was picking Lauren to win often because she just was a badass at the challenges. Um, I didn't think much of her gameplay. I didn't think much of Heidi's gameplay. Uh, I felt like Heidi was on the wrong side of the vote quite a lot. Um, I, I didn't, the only thing I will say about Heidi is at the, and again, I might be getting ahead of you, but when she chose yeah. to make fire at the end, I felt like that was the only move she had to try and win the game. And so I respected that and was, I mean, she made fire faster than anyone ever in survivor. So you got to respect that. Yeah, the fire thing is interesting. It's like been another course correction over the history of Survivor was they have this kind of pattern of building incredibly lovable characters that the audience loves and wants to see win. And they kept keep getting voted out before they can get to the final jury and win the game. So then they introduce this fire making challenge. So you get to the final four people left and whoever wins that immunity challenge ends up picking two of those people to make fire. The loser goes home. They're on the jury. They're out. And it's been a great technique to pit people against each other and also to, you know, make it a little easier for a fan favorite to make it to four. And then they can kind of, you know, if they make fire right or they get lucky, they can make it all the way to the end. Um, I'm torn on the fire making challenge. I think it's I don't know if I like it. I don't think I like it as much anymore. I used to love it. I used because favorites were winning it. And lately it's been used to eliminate people I really liked. And like Chris Underwood, I think in like season 38, they did something where people who'd been voted out could get back in the game. And he got back in at the very end. And then he made, he won immunity. He gave it up to make fire against somebody. And, and then that was enough for him to win the game. But it felt very like hollow and kind of weak. And I I just don't like the idea that I think if you win final immunity, you shouldn't have to make fire. I think you shouldn't have to make fire. Uh, I do think in this instance, it made sense because Heidi didn't really have anything else going on for her. So maybe she had to. But I don't like the idea. I think we're kind of moving away from it, too, where there was somebody who was a front runner who played a good game. Uh, there were at a certain point, there was an obligation where the jury was like, OK, but you have to give up immunity to play fire. Right. And I think we're kind of beyond that now. Right. I think so. I, I think if if like Carson would have won the last immunity challenge this, this season, I don't think he would have felt the need to give it up to make fire. No, I don't think 
Carolyn or Jam Jam would have either. I think it was like strictly like if Heidi wins, she's going to have to give it up to make fire if she wants to win. I just, I respected it because it was a, she knew she was going to be third probably if she didn't do it. And yeah. I, I liked that she went for it because there's, you know, there's no difference between third and fourth. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I, I am hating how now players that dominate the game are going home before they get a chance to go to the final tribal. Yeah. Speaking of no prize for third and fourth, I noticed a trend lately since winners at war We're on season 44. Winners at war was 40. Jam Jam won the sh- won the votes. He beat uh, Heidi and Carolyn seven to one Heidi. I think there is a difference between second and third place. I think it's a good amount of money. And from what I've heard, juries now when you're when you're um, voted out of the game and you're on the jury, you go to Ponderosa, which is like a a weird summer camp that they keep all these people at for the duration of the show. So they can't spoil the show for anybody, you know, somewhere else. Um, And I think they're allowed to talk now. They used to all be sequestered, but now they all talk. So when somebody gets voted out of the game, They're all talking to each other about how people played and getting the full story. And I think they're all kind of they all say their their vote is open when they get to the jury. And I don't think it is. I don't believe them because Survivor season 44 Jam Jam once wins seven to one. Previously, Mike Gabler, seven to one win. Marianne, seven to one win. Erica, seven to one win. The last four seasons have all been seven to one wins where I think. Everybody wants to vote for the winner and they know second place is a step up from third. So I think they all kind of come in with this idea or at least requirements for who would get all of their votes. And I bet they all agree on who's going to get that one vote, too. Um, What do you think about that? Is it kind of a bummer? I find it a little bit of a bummer, to be honest, but I don't know. What do you think of it? I haven't thought of that before. Um, I do think it felt to me like if, if they were going to choose a second place as a group, they would have picked Carolyn over Heidi. Um, yeah. Especially that group of people. And I think Danny, who was in a alliance with Heidi from the start, was just going to give her his vote no matter what. I do agree with you that it's total BS when they say, yeah, my vote's open. I have no idea where I'm going. And then it's 7-1. No, no, I don't believe you for a second. I love the final tribal council, though, and I think I felt like Carolyn didn't have a shot if she I think if if she had come out and said, like, I was strategic and people want to hear at the final jury, like what your case is for winning, what moves you made. And she really couldn't say anything. I think there's been lots of instances where people win the game at final jury and just say the right stuff and make things sound good. I mean, Marianne recently I thought was like pretty mediocre. And then at the final tribal, she gives like all this, she gives a complete breakdown of like the last six people. And she's like, I had an alliance with him. I had an alliance with, and I think that's what people want to hear. And as a viewer, I really want to hear their strategy as well. Right. You don't want exactly. just somebody to show up. Yeah. Yeah. It is like that last, you know, it's like, uh, what are they? It's like uh, the physical part, the mental part, the social part. I, I think that last part, that argument part almost, you know, the lawyer in me is like, 
you know, it's like your closing statement. Like you, you got to convince this jury that you are right. And these people are wrong. And it's funny because, you know, these people that are sitting, you know, on your right and your left are people that you're probably pretty close to by the end of this game. And you're just absolutely throwing them under the bus. <laughs> I, I enjoy that so much. <laughs> it's great. Uh, we're about to wrap it up. What do you think of the season as a whole? What what do you think? Where does this one rank in the uh, rough ranking of where this ranks in your survivor? Uh, um, I would put it at, you know, like a B plus, like slightly above average. Um, I'm, I kind of think about it more in characters or, you know, players I want to see on a, the next reunion show. I definitely yeah. want to see, I want to see Carson back in a different game. Now that people kind of know what's up with him. Like he was so good because he fell in under the radar for, you know, most of the game. Um, other than that, I don't, we didn't even talk about the, the survivor relationship. Um, yeah, we got a showmance, which was fun. Yeah. I'm, I love Franny. I don't know about Matt, but Franny is a sweetheart. I, I just want Franny to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. Matt seems like a, a guy that doesn't have much to say. Um, <laughs> but I, I loved that. Um, and I, I felt bad when Matt got voted out kind of default almost. And Franny went right after him. At least they were together. But I wouldn't At mind. Least they were together. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Franny back as well. I thought she was a fun player. I would love to see Franny back. I loved um, Danny on this season. I don't know if he's like my favorite character, but I like that he was taking bold swings on stuff and playing idols for other people. I think we need more of that. Matthew also was evac'd and tricked Jamie into finding it. He made a fake idol, basically tricked Jamie into finding it. And the whole game, Jamie, very funny, just completely oblivious to everything. Thinks thought she had a real idol. And at the reunion show, they reveal that it didn't happen because he got voted out before anybody could find out. So um, I don't know. Good show. I think it's up there for like the new era. I think this is a pretty good, pretty good bar to set. In the big scheme of things, it's not my favorite ever, but I think it's pretty good for the uh, the newest. What's the newer the newer era? Yeah, twenty six days, pretty solid. I think if Matthew wouldn't have gotten injured, he would have been there. Yes, he was an I agree. player. I want him back for sure. I would love to have Matthew back. I thought he was fantastic. So speaking of fantastic, Eddie, you've been fantastic. Great guest. Excited. We got to talk about this. Do you have anything you want to plug real quick on this uh, this fun Survivor bonus pod? Uh, I'm doing improv shows in Atlanta. So if we have any Atlanta listeners, find me on Instagram at Eddie Greenblatt. Other than that, uh, no, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, Kevin Bauer needs to watch Survivor. Yes, he Uh, does. That's all I got. I hope I convinced, I hope we convinced a few people to tune in next season. If, you know, maybe we can do some more Survivor pods in the future. I know I'll be watching. I know we'll be watching. I would definitely will be. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Tim. (laughs) Thanks, Eddie. And everybody at home, stay nerdy. Bye. Bye. (laughs)